This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Greetings, salutations, good evening and welcome to another installment of the COVID Report, the show dedicated to providing you with comprehensive coverage of the coronavirus pandemic. This edition of the show coming after the most recent address from President Cyril Ramaphosa, which he gave to the country this past Sunday in the wake of freshly surged numbers in terms of cases of COVID-19 across the country amidst the presence of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 and the fears that we have officially entered a fourth wave. We'll dive into all of the scientific and the legal nitty-gritties of the the fresh chapter in our fight against COVID-19 that we find ourselves in. Now, during that address that I just referred to, the most recent address from President Sol Ramaphosa, in which he stated that the COVID-19 infection rate in various parts of South Africa is officially on the rise as scientists work hard to understand the new Omicron variant and the possibility of introducing mandatory vaccinations will be discussed by a government task team. This is what President Silver Maposa had to say to that effect. Government has set up a task team that will undertake broad consultations on making vaccination mandatory for specific activities and locations. That is, to make vaccinations compulsory for certain certain locations and certain activities. The task team will report to the Interministerial Committee on Vaccination, chaired by the Deputy President, which will make recommendations to Cabinet on a fair and sustainable approach to vaccine mandates. We do realize that the introduction of such a measure is a difficult and complex issue. But if we do not address this seriously and as a matter of urgency, we will continue to be vulnerable as a people to new variants and will continue to suffer new waves of infection. That was President Cyril Ramaphosa in his most recent address to the nation on the updates of our fight against COVID-19, mulling over the possibility of mandatory vaccination being introduced to South Africa. Joining us to unpack this, we are joined by Elizabeth Nevote from Legal Aid, who is the head of office at the Tembisa local office, to um, give us her legal insight and her opinion on the matter pertaining to vaccines possibly being made mandatory. Elizabeth, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID report. I guess the very, the very, the best place to start our conversation. Could you please unpack for us? Can vaccines be made mandatory by South African law? And can the introduction of mandatory vaccination in order to access public places and adherence to workplace policies will that likely be viewed as a constitutional challenge in any way? Yeah. Um, good evening. Um, I hope all of you are well, and also your listeners, and all these um, challenging times we're living in. Um, yeah, I think it's a, like President Ramaphosa said, it's a, it's a complex um, issue which there's neither, I think, a simple yes or a simple no. Um, I think when it comes to a pandemic, um, it is the border, the question of is a vaccine there for the larger, is it for the greater good? Um, you know, why would we think of putting a mandatory vaccine in place? Um, and I think the answer lies there. Can we continue without vaccinations, without mandatory vaccinations? If you think about the impact of COVID, um, that it is a deadly disease, 
um, in, and as I understand from um, President Ramaphosa, it's not like everyone in South Africa, but if you work in a certain sector or in a certain area or you want to go somewhere, um, then the vaccine will have to be, um, the, the consideration is to make the vaccine mandatory. So, as I said, I don't think it's a simple yes or a simple no um, kind of um, answer. Indeed, a very complex matter. Now, um, on on the on the topic of whether or not um, making these vaccinations mandatory will possibly infringe on constitutional rights, what is the scope of um, one's constitutional rights being violated by this vaccine being made mandatory? And what happens in the event that it is found to be justifiable? Yeah. Well, I think um, I think one of your comments also that you made is that. Is your constitutional right to uh, integrity, to privacy, is it an absolute right? And, and I think the answer is no. Um, and I think if you say, okay, let's accept, um, if I understand your question correct, let's say the vaccine is made um, mandatory, and if you work in a certain sector or if you want to go to a certain event, because I know that's one of the thoughts also that if you want to go to a big concert at... Um, the FNB stadium, they're not going to allow you if you're not vaccinated. And I mean, that's, that's a choice that you make. You want to go to a concert and then you know that is the rule. It's like buying a ticket. You know, you can't go to the concert if you can't buy a ticket. But I think the, 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 the question becomes more complex if you think about working for a specific place and maybe you're already working there. And now all of a sudden somebody is telling you, but now you must make, you can must, must. Get vaccinated. So the question is, can they force you if you have a moral um, objection to it, or if you have a health um, underlying health condition that says that you can't get vaccinated? Um, and I think that might be uh, the underlying health issues might be a way that you can say, well, yes, I know you want me to get vaccinated, but I can't. And and I think the labour law is also very clear that in, in any any employer must look at a way to make it possible for the employee to work for a specific place. So, um, I, you know, you, so if it's made mandatory, then I think it's not just the quiz because I think everybody hears that and they go, oh, no, I'm going to get fired. Um, and I think that's the problem. I think they, 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 you know, they jump to the worst conclusion possible, which I don't think that is what it means. Well, to stick with the tone that has uh, just emerged from from how this conversation of ours is is, trans, is transpiring, to attempt to look on the other side of the coin, could there possibly be a space where this very constitution that everyone is um, is turning to in defence of their right to um, refuse to be part of any kind of mandatory vaccination program, could there be a space where this very constitution is being misinterpreted? And one, what are some of the misleading and grandstanding claims about constitutional rights in this instance that um, seemingly allow people to refuse the COVID-19 mm-hmm. vaccine? Well, I think the most, I think, um, I'm sure you also have heard, and I think from my side also, you heard that thing that I have a, I have a, a, a choice in terms of what I take into my body. Um, so that kind of a body integrity or a freedom of choice. Um, so I think it goes to to that dignity, maybe, if I want, maybe use the more 
um, correct word in terms of, of the Bill of Rights. You know, I've, I'm a person, I'm entitled to dignity. Um, so I think a lot of people say, well, if you force me to take a vaccine, um, then you are infringing on my dignity or you are forcing me to take a substance into my body that I don't want. And also I have a freedom of choice and therefore I can choose not to take a vaccine or not. So I think those are the sort of the human rights that are uh, mostly um, used as a as a as a say no 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 I'm not going to take um, the vaccine. Um, so, um, but I think again what I said earlier, your right to your right to dignity um, is not absolute. Yes, you have a right to dignity, but also the person next to you have a right um, to dignity and both. And if you look at that. Um, all of us have a right to a safe environment. I mean, that's also a part of the, the Constitution. And we have, we, we say that we have a right to health. Or, and and if, if the person next to me um, is refusing to take a vaccine, and I think we all realize that COVID is here to stay, um, it's part of, it's going to be part of our lives. And also this morning I read a, an article from the um, WHR that says, you know, this is just a first of maybe a series of pandemics that's coming our way. So if you as an individual is saying, no, 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 it's my freedom of choice, your freedom of choice is at the end of the day, in the terms of the bigger picture, going to impact on my health. Because if you walk around unprotected, the chances are better that you're going to get ill and you're going to make me ill. And yet for now, all indications are that if you are vaccinated, the chances of getting very ill or dying is slim. But there's no, it is not an absolute guarantee that the fact that I'm vaccinated sitting next to you that's not vaccinated, that I might not still die um, if you infect me. So, I mean, there's a balance of, yes, you have a freedom of choice, but I also have a freedom. So, whose freedom is, is heavier? And I think that's the problem. We can't say my freedom is is heavier than your freedom or your freedom is heavier than mine. And that's why there's always a balance. Um, what is needed for us all to live in a society um, taking into consideration everybody's um, rights. Indeed. So in the interest of making sure people's legal bases are covered, so to speak, when an employer is following the correct procedures, um, placing any kind of mandatory vaccination program in place in their um, place of work and uh, and, uh, attempting to put their employees underneath such a program, including providing extensive counseling and the opportunity, would it be legally would it be legally advisable for the employer to dismiss employees who refuse? to be vaccinated against COVID-19 underneath these uh, mandatory uh, programs that employers decide to put in place at their own discretion? You know, I think I looked at your question when you said it. And, um, you know, I think it, we, are so, we, are, we are so much in the baby shoes of, 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 if I can say it like this, of this whole thing of mandatory vaccine um, vaccinations that, you know, we don't have precedence to, to go to say, okay, you know, it's like this or that. So I think if we fall back onto sort of the, the, the usual labor principles of um, fairness and what is unfair and if there's processes to be followed and you as an employee don't want to follow the process, I think the employee can then rightly say, well, you know, we looked at all the things that we have to do. We did, we tick all the boxes. 
and you came and you said, well, you know, this is my request, um, and, uh, you know, and then, and your request was maybe just with no, found, no foundation. Um, you know, my, 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 my knowledge of the labor law tells me that at the end of the day, if an employer follows the right procedure, you might have a position that you can say to the employee, well, it, it, it's impossible for you to work in this specific section anymore, sector, because, I mean, you can't, um, you can't do the job that I want you um, to do. So I would think if I, if I want to say, okay, let me put in the shoes of the employee, I think for the employees that are, that I know, and I know of a few people that say no, but they, they can't formulate the reason no. You know, they just say no. Uh, and then if I want to say, please, you know, if you're going to say no, it's that thing of making an informed decision that you can justify based on medical reasons, um, moral reasons, or religious reasons, that you can't just say no. You know, come with a, um, you know, I have an underlying diabetes, and science has proven, I'm, I'm just using it as an example, I'm not saying it is, but I mean, um, and, and it's, it's my doctor said that if I get this, the Johnson or Johnson or the Pfizer vaccine, then I'm going to die. You know, it's, it's so come with a, a, a formulated argument or a, a um, well-informed answer if, you, if you're going to get into that position. If you know you're working in a sector and you think, mm, you know, this is coming my way, um, do your homework. Be ready for, for the questions the employer is going to ask you. Does that further call into 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 possible disrepute a possible question the strength of the laws that are that that are written down in the constitution uh, in this constitution of ours that we all turn to um when we when we find ourselves in situations where our rights could possibly be um be, be impeded on does that um so, sort of paint every law that's been put in the constitution as not being absolute and being open to um, further prodding and further arguing against? Well, I think no. Um, if, if I understand your, your question, I think no, no constitution anywhere in the world and all Bill of Rights are, um, have ever been enforced without um, considering various factors. So I don't think, if, if I understand your question correctly, that we now invalidate some constitutional rights because we would allow mandatory um, vaccinations. I don't think, no, that's not true. We might now go that far in despair and say, well, now nobody has human rights and there's no Bill of Rights and everything has gone down the drain and you know, now we're going to live in a dictatorship and so on. I think, no, but people mustn't go there. I mean, it is the, uh, the rights are there to protect us, um, and I think that's the word, it's there to protect us from um, arbitrary decisions, arbitrary taking away of rights, that is what is there to protect us from. But in a situation like this, I don't think anybody can, by any stretch of the imagination, um, say that um, it, it, this, this will be an arbitrary, overnight somebody's made a decision. It's the pandemic and, and the consequences of COVID is, is well known. You know, it's a worldwide thing. It's not um, somebody that decided the one day, oh no, there's now a new flu going around. So I think people mustn't, mustn't go there, you know, mustn't jump to the worst conclusion possible. 
uh, I guess to round off our our discussion then, um, Elizabeth, from your expertise um, in the legal field that you work in, I think you'd be best positioned to um, provide the kind of insight I seek with um, my next and final question. In an ideal world, how much time would you say should have been dedicated to the task of putting together a, a, a system or a, 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 a bill of laws um, putting in place that would um, protect um, employees, employers, um, and every affected stakeholder in this social exchange of the possibility of um, putting together a, 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 uh, a law where these vaccines are made mandatory? What would have been the best, most effective way to make such a ruling um, come to pass in the most airtight way that everyone on either side of the exchange would be happy and would accept, would be accepting and accommodating of the terms that have been stipulated? And how much time would would that kind of program would have needed to be be implemented? Yeah, look, I think think the president is is, is on the right track in terms of when when you want to put any legislation in place um, usually you know it takes longer you know usually goes to the law reform commission that says we've identified a gap in certain areas and they would do research and then they would publish a paper for discussion and everybody would get um, their right to get input and comments and then they would take those comments into consideration before they then publish usually the final act. So I think, and, and those processes, sure, I mean, depending on what they're trying to do, um, can take years, um, sometimes months. It depends, I suppose, on what kind of pressure there is on the government to put certain legislation in place. So I think for me, it's very difficult for, you, for me to say, you know, six months or a year. I think the pandemic has one thing that the pandemic has taught is that it is sometimes needed in these times to make decisions quicker than we would have because of the nature of the pandemic. I mean, if you look at the just the vaccines, usually it will take, and I think that's where some people's objections come in, to say usually it will take years to develop a vaccine. You know, you go to trials and more trials and tests and whatever, and here we are in the question of, what, 18 months, 12 months even, um, there's a vaccine. You know, so I think it's very difficult for me to answer that question. But uh, the process that is put in place is the process that is usually followed if legislation is put in place. If the draft is put out there, everybody, all the stakeholders are invited to say, okay, let's talk about this, give your input. And a lot of times, if people give input, you will find that the people that write the legislation will say, oh, okay, no, that's you. So we didn't thought about that and incorporate that into the um, legislation. So I think that it's, it's done as it is usually done. But to put a time period on it, I think that could be, in these times, very dangerous. Indeed, we've been in conversation with Elizabeth Nevote from uh, Legal Aid, um, who is at the head office at the Tembisa local office, joining us here on the COVID report to unpack from a legal perspective the matter that was uh, suggested by President Cyril Ramaphosa in his most recent address to the nation, updating South Africa on their updates in the fight against COVID-19 over the possibility of introducing a program of mandatory vaccination in at this stage of our fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time and the insight that you have given us into this discussion. It'll be very interesting indeed to see how it pans out. So again, thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID Report. It's a big pleasure. Enjoy your evening. Okay, bye. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. 88.1.
or streams via www.varfm.co.za.